0: Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So sometimes in our development lives, we find ourselves dealing with or kind of beholden to one of the big tech companies, some kind of giant power that has way more power and influence and resources than we do, and we just kind of have to deal with it. And Developers are not the first people to ever face this problem in the world. One way that people who provide, you know, work or labor have, in the past, gained power and leverage and negotiating power against bigger, more powerful entities that they depended on was unions. Unions are complex. They can be good. They can be bad. Basically, uh, there is a group of people who try, who is trying to start something called the Developers Union. It's kind of a, a bad name. It's not really a union in the in the in the, tip, in the typical sense. Um, it's it's almost like a coalition, I guess, um, or it's like a very fancy online petition, basically. Um, so you can see it, it's it's at, it's at the developersunion.org and a couple of people I know are, are involved with this, and and it's you know it's interesting. The they their stated goal is to uh, create basically a, a group of developers that advocate and kind of, uh, you know, campaign with Apple to or lobby Apple to make app store development more financially viable and more sustainable. And the first goal they chose uh, is uh, they're asking Apple to commit by July to allow free trials for all apps in the app store by next July. So about about a year from now. Uh, and, and they say after that, they're going to start advocating for a more reasonable revenue cut than the 70-30 split and other community-driven developer-friendly changes. The specific group here, I think, is, you know, it's it's fine. It's, it's a group of people. I, I don't know most of them. I do know a few of them. I do think it's an interesting topic to talk about the amount of power and leverage that we have as developers with companies that we depend on, like Apple. Um, or even, you know, bigger things. Like if you're making a Twitter app, there's been changes in the Twitter API recently that, you know, are, are pretty app hostile. And there's the question of what kind of leverage do those app developers have over Twitter to negotiate this, and what kind of power do they have? Um, and, you know, there's there's all, there's always basically, in this day and age, in most of the things you do, you're, you're depending on at least one tech giant for some critical part of your business. So it is, I think, worth discussing how much power do we have? How do you know when you have power and, and what are some effective ways to gain that power or to use it as leverage?
1: Yeah, it's, and it's such a nuanced topic though. Like I find like I was thinking about you know, sort of what we're going to talk about. And it was, it's because it, I feel like at its core, so many of these types of things ultimately is it comes down to a question of like idealism versus pragmatism. But it's, it would be lovely if apple for in, the, in the, you know in the example of the developers union and what they're trying to advocate for it would be lovely if they had a series of policies that encouraged sustainable you know small businesses on the app store like if that was became if that became a desire a goal and objective for apple like that would be great and the the ideal, idealistic part of me um, you know, sort of likes that thought of that being something that uh, Apple takes seriously that they they start to care about, and that they take that caring and they turn it into policy changes um that are specifically geared to making that happen like that sounds wonderful um then the other part of me, the more pragmatic part of me says, I don't think that's actually going to happen. Uh, I don't think that's something that a uh, you know a company like Apple sort of necessarily would care about or at least not in a way that um would have a dramatic change and if it did then it's like in a weird way it's, it would be d- yeah, difficult in like it, it just changes the set of problems i have to work with that if in some ways now it's like it's super sustainable um now there's more competition it's like as in like none of these things are have have, have no uh, consequences like there there might be more delightful consequences but there's still you know it, ch- it changes the any change, any change you make in a situation like this is going to have a variety of knock-on effects, um, and so it makes me think. Then on the pra- on the practical side, like part of part of what I've just sort of my my typical approach is to say um, the situation will never change. The situation is what it is. What can I do about it? Um, how can I structure my business around that? How can I work out that if if I find myself in a position where I don't really feel like I have um, like big power or you know much power influence, it's like that's probably true at the at the low level but there's usually at least something where a, you know a you you have to be able to look at look at what you do have and you have some amount of leverage and you have, can provide some amount of value um to even a bigger company like for example one of the things that comes to mind for me is i don't feel like i have much power influence um at the the high level but at an individual level at the low level like i provide a service to apple every summer typically where i try all their apis um out and find all the weird issues and bugs and problems with it and like by doing that and being something that i've been doing for a long time like i can exert a certain amount of uh i have a certain amount of pull in connection with a variety of people within apple who having their goodwill is then beneficial like to to me. And like that that side of things is like finding that a teeny point of utility that I have to them where I'm not interchangeable um, and like emphasizing it. But that tension between like, boy, it would be nice and what is actually gonna happen in reality, I feel like is such an awkward thing to navigate.
0: Yeah, it I I think when when talking about like trying to form any kind of power or collective bargaining power against Apple I think the reality is they don't care about a group of a few hundred in independent developers. They just don't care. They have like what, hundreds of thousands or millions of developers registered with them. And so anything that you can organize with a few hundred to a few thousand people on a website is going to only ever be a very, very small percentage of their developers. Furthermore, if you look at what apps are actually used and the frequency of what apps are actually used and bought and downloaded and, and things like that, there, a lot of them aren't indie developers. A lot of them are big companies. And a lot of those big companies do have power and influence over Apple. For instance, look at the drama that happened with Uber. Uh, back, you know, about a year ago, when it was found that they were using, they were abusing the unique identifiers of the phone to track people. Uh, look at all the drama that always erupts around whenever Facebook has some creepy thing they're doing with their app, where they're like abusing a, a part of the system to get more data or stay running more in the background. Uh, the reality is that Facebook and Uber have immense power over Apple because Apple can threaten to say, "Look, if you don't fix this, we're going to take your app out of the store." But Apple also knows that they can't really take those apps out of the store because if they do they're going to have a big problem with their customers. Like if their customers buy an iPhone and that iPhone can't run Facebook, that's going to be a pretty big problem for Apple. And it's it, all the all the, you know, fallout from that is going to land on Apple, not on Facebook. And Apple knows that. So, you know, Apple knows that in this in that relationship they kind of have to reach some kind of deal with Facebook where like Okay, like we'll we'll find a happy medium where we can work together on whatever you want to do. Um, Same thing with Uber, right? That that's why like when Uber was found to be doing this gross, horrible thing, they got like a private phone call from Tim Cook, not just kicked out of the App Store with an email, (laughs) you know, like like what most of us would get. Uh, So there there are entities and companies that do have bargaining power over Apple. We are not those entities, you know. If if all of our apps got removed from the store. If every app made by an indie developer got removed from the store tomorrow, there would be angry people, but it wouldn't be anywhere near what ha- what would happen if like, you know, Facebook was removed or if some of the big games from the big game publishers were removed or if Netflix, like, you know, like the big companies like that, they're the ones with the power here. We unfortunately aren't. Additionally, the the world of indie developers is quite large and quite diverse. So any effort to organize, you know, if you look at like the way unions in like the you know the physical world, I guess, do it, it's fairly easy to make contact with, to reach, to, to meet with every employee at a factory. You know, that's that's something that is like reasonably done in in the real world. There is no way, really, for any of us to reach all or even most or even a majority or even a plurality of indie developers there are just too many of us too many different areas too many different languages too many different cultures there's there'd be no way for any large effort to actually try to contact and then organize indie developers in a useful way so any any kind of organization like this would always be limited to some small community, you know, relative to the larger group. And so there's just there's no way that's ever going to have power to be able to, like, demand things from Apple and have a reasonable chance of getting those things done. There are different ways to do that, but mass organization and trying to do what unions do, like, in, in regular industry or real life, I guess, whatever. <laughs> it's kind of a weird term, but, you know, trying to do what unions do, like, with factories and stuff— is not going to work in the indie iOS developer scene because it's totally different the the numbers are totally different the situation is totally different and developers you know might not you know want to be a part of this and even if you can reach them like people have different opinions like a group of people who dictate a list of things of like this like you know th- this is asking this is their primary thing is to get Apple to commit to allowing free trials for everything. I didn't put my name on this because I don't think that's first of all I think that's a lost cause. I think I think that that battle was fought and lost long ago. Apple has been very very clear that uh that they don't think that that's a good model for the App Store, that they want they want people to use various in-app purchase and subscription things instead. And so I didn't want to put my name on this because it's like, I feel like I'm asking for something that I'm never going to get. And that's kind of put you in a bad negotiating position uh, to get to, to have the very first thing you're asking for be something that like you just have no chance of. Um, so even something like this, that like I read this, I know people who are in this and even I wouldn't put my name on it. And so, and that's, that's just one example. Like any, any effort you try to have to try to, Mass organize iOS developers. You're going to have this problem where you're, you know, developers are pretty resistant to that kind of thing. Even if you can reach them, and the reality is, you probably won't reach a large percentage of any developers.
1: Yeah, and I think that diversity angle is such a is in many ways like the root of why it's it's this it's the funny thing about why we as a group have little in general would have limited power against a larger organization that the by the nature of our diversity of all of the different interests and you know genres of apps and approaches and you know even business structures that we have um, that diversity is in many ways what makes us a rich and interesting community that I think can make, can make some really compelling software that we're coming you where know, our goals are often not necessarily just um, aren't the same type of goals that they, you know, that Netflix or Facebook or Uber has. Uh, our goals are, you know, I know many developers who develop apps because they love making apps and the business side of it is entirely uh, is you know is 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 much more diminished than some a company that is entirely you know entirely focused on the bottom line and extracting every possible penny out of uh, their customers, like that the diversity there is like is what makes us you know I think what makes us interesting, but also make d- diminishes dramatically, you know the, our um yeah like like our power in the situation. And I think in many ways it is because we all have different goals and needs and wants that. Um, like what I would want. I'm not like, I don't even honestly, I was trying to think about what I would want, um, Apple to change, um, in the app store. And I think broadly, you know, things like something like free trial, like, I don't think I want that. Like it, or if, if it happened, it would be fine, but it wouldn't really affect me. Like I, don't, none of my apps really would benefit from having a free trial necessarily. I don't think. Um, I think it would, I can imagine, and I know of many apps where it would benefit, but for my apps personally, I'm not sure that like really fits the way that the type of app I make. Um, you know, a better split revenue split with Apple, like sure, sounds great. Um, but the reality is I make most of my money outside of Apple's cut. I make most of my money from advertising that I put in my ads. And so that's the business you know the business model i 'm in that's actually would it would be nice you know it's like i 'm never going to say no to to more money, but just as an example of like as somebody who has been an independent developer for such a long time, like those types of topics aren't the things that um I, if I could sit down with Phil Schiller or whoever the appropriate sort of decision maker at Apple was and was like advocating for things um i'm not even sure there's that many of these types of more policy changes that. Um, I would look at I would be lo- looking for things that are much more tactical probably and low level, like seeing changes in the way iTunes Connect works or um being able to a b test screenshots or like I could imagine a variety of sit of things like that um that I could see wanted to change and then or you even moreover you start to get into other things where it aren't necessarily related to you know my business or being an independent developer that I think would just like be good things. Um, in a in a more fundamental way where it's like I think about how what I don't like about the app store most in some ways now is you know the degree to which it is focused around um, you know sort of gambling style in-app consumable in-app purchase applications and like and but that's more of like almost a philosophical or political um, desire for change there rather than one that's strictly coming out of um, you know, out of a business, out of a business ne- a felt need that I have in my business. And like, and this is just me and my opinions. And so like, when I see something like this, it's the difficulty around like the diversity that we, that um, a group of independence brings is like by, by our, by our fundamental nature, like, you know, being an indie is like, is being short for being independent. And that independence is makes it, I think, very hard to imagine um a collective thing where you know by nature by becoming a collective you lose independence um you know sort of by definition
0: we are brought to you this week by linode with linode you'll have access to a suite of powerful hosting options with prices starting at just five dollars a month you can be up and running with your own virtual server in the linode cloud in under a minute Whether you're just getting started with your first server or deploying a complex system, Linode is the right choice for you. They offer the best hardware, the best network, with fantastic customer support backing it all up. It has never been easier to launch a Linode cloud server. And Linode also guarantees 99.9% uptime for server availability. Once your server is up, they intend to keep it that way. Linode also now offers additional storage, too. Block storage is now out of beta and is available in some of their data centers so far, and they're planning to expand it to all their data centers very shortly linode is great for things like hosting large databases running a mail server operating a vpn running docker containers hosting a private git server and so much more and they're hiring right now if that interests you go to linode.com careers so linode has fantastic pricing options available once again plans start at just five dollars a month that gets you one gig of ram in the linode cloud and they also offer lots of other plans higher than that if you need more resources including things like high memory plans that starting with 16 gigs of ram listeners of the show can sign up at linode.com slash radar to support us and get $20 towards any linode plan so on the one gig plan it's actually four months free and with a seven-day money-back guarantee there's nothing to lose so go to linode.com slash radar to learn more sign up and take advantage of that $20 credit or use promo code radar 2018 at checkout thank you so much to linode for supporting the show so you know I think the the big issue here with trying to organize in a union fashion basically as we've to summarize what we've said is that basically we don't have any way to accumulate enough power to matter because you're not you're never going to reach too many developers uh, because developers are such a diverse group even if you try to organize developers even if you could reach them it's really hard to get everyone to agree on what the causes and priorities should even be and one of the biggest problems with that is that with, with using this kind of structure is that there's basically no way to enforce people like staying in a union or complying with the union. Like, you know, one of the biggest, one of the biggest, like most dramatic things you hear about with unions and one of the ways they can exercise their power is by a strike. Uh, But but there's no way to actually have a a union of developers enforce a strike. Like, what are we going to do? I'll pull our apps out of the store there's like in the real world with with like you know unions for like a factory and stuff you can enforce that with social pressure with intimidation um you know in in worst cases in worse ways but there are ways to encourage and enforce compliance and and actual like you know being a union like actual unity and and standing up with everyone else in the app store there's no way to do that like it, what's going to happen if a whole bunch of people pull their apps out of the store. Well, a whole bunch of other people will keep their apps in the store and make more money. Like, there's, there's just no way to actually pull that off. So basically, I think this whole structure is, is not great. And what, what's instead, the way to, to accomplish things with Apple, first of all, is to recognize whether what you're asking for is realistic or not. Um, with things like reducing the cut. Apple already has given us a way to reduce it from to you know to increase our part from 70 to 85 and that is with subscriptions after the first year. And when they first said this, I thought great, but you know, I don't think it's ever going to be that meaningful to me. Well, I now have one of these subscriptions and as of this past fall, I now have people on the 85% tier and it turns out that so many of them are on the 85% tier because so many of them stuck around for the second year that my average app store cut is now 79%. Uh, which is great. Like it's, this is way better than I would have expected you know, how, how this would go. So they actually are giving us ways to do it in in small ways like that. Uh, free trials, again, like there are ways within app purchase to kind of approximate that. And people have tried a lot of them and people have largely found a way to adapt to that. So simply taking advantage of like what we have in the Apple system, like taking advantage of the things they do give us is, as you mentioned earlier on the show, mostly the pragmatic option because here's one thing they're not going to do. They're not going to all of a sudden become beholden to a group of 400 any developers. As we mentioned earlier, that's just not enough developers to matter. They're also probably not going to reduce their cut for everybody because why? They make tons of money with that and they are trying to grow their services business and that's the biggest part of their services business. So there's actually massive like Wall Street and potential board incentive to not voluntarily lose their services revenue for no apparent reason like i I think if if they actually did that and services stopped growing for a few quarters tim cook would have a big problem on his hands from from investors and the board and everything else so that's not going to happen like there's it's just not going to happen so instead focus on things you can do so things like policy changes api changes editorial changes those are all things that we can do by using the press by using blogging and twitter and podcasts like we do have influence over things like that because apple is sensitive to bad press we also have the ability to simply argue and make good points in public because inside apple most decisions that we see on the outside had or have an argument behind them that happened inside and they use public blog posts and comments and articles and things like that to help bolster one side or the other of those arguments inside and those can and have changed the way these decisions are made or or change the outcome uh, when they're good arguments or when when enough people or when influential enough people are making them so this is how to argue with apple this is how to put pressure on apple is make good arguments and use the press that those are the tools we have Beyond that, unless you're, unless you're planning on becoming Facebook or Uber, you basically have to work within the system that we have. And that's not necessarily a horrible thing, but it is the reality of it. You know, the only, if, you, if you don't want to work within the, the Apple system and you don't have any interest in, you, in doing the things that we can do, you know, if, if, if you only want things they're never going to give us, you don't really have a lot of options here because you don't have any power. It's you know in any negotiation it's very important to recognize do you actually have any power and what is that power and what is the value that you are providing to this big entity that you are like threatening to take away if they don't comply with your demands and if that value isn't really big they're probably not going to comply with your demands so my suggestion for pragmatism and for healthy business practices in the app store is to just work with them what we have Make good arguments with blog posts and stuff like that when you have them, but otherwise, you know, this is the system we have, and it's better off to just be in it.
1: Yeah, and I think that approach, which I think is is broadly, I mean, I think it's what both of us have been doing for years now, um, is um, is the you know is the approach of recognizing what you know what abilities and power we have and the things that we really uniquely bring. You know, like that, I think we have like when you and I talk about things in the app store, it has the weight of someone who has been doing this for a long time and who has a lot of experience in it. And so if that is being used internally as a argument for something, you know, it is in many ways, it is building up a reputation that hopefully carries some weight that if, you know, at the very least would get someone's attention or at the very least would, um, be a useful mechanism inside of that. Because in the reality, in a weird way, it's like, there was a time when I was fairly, um, like, I don't even, like, pessimistic about the app store. I'm pessimistic of, like, there was a period, um, probably maybe about six to seven years into the app store, where I started to really, like, kind of be a little bit more down on it, and started to question whether this is, you know, where I wanted to make my living. Um, But I would say more recently, that's not the case. That I've seen you know, substantial and measured improvements in the app store year on year on year. Thanks Phil. That. Yeah. It's like, thanks Phil. It's great. Like it does seem to co- have coincide with some <laughs> leadership changes, Yep. Um, which is great. And so from that perspective, like I look at it and I just think it's like th- this the things are going in a good direction and I like that. It's cool to see. It makes me feel confident, confident that this is still a good place for me to, you know, to make my business. And, um, because those those changes are there, it makes me feel comfortable to just keep keep on with the approach of finding interesting and creative ways to work within the rules as they are. Um, I think in many ways, like that is what I found to be very successful. It's like, well, I you know, Apple won't give us X. It's like, well, okay, well, how can we approximate X? How can we find an interesting and creative way around that? And often that creates new and interesting opportunities. It ultimately in a lot of cases seems to shift slowly um apple's policy or to you know it creates opportunity creates a reasons and examples for them to want to invest time energy and effort into doing something that you know i think the degree to which apple apps have um started to move towards a scription model for the, a lot of their businesses which by and large seems to be You know, it's like it's it's not a universal fix or it's not a universal solution, but by and large seems to be working well for a collection of applications. I think there's issues and you know around subscriptions that have been gradually been worked on and improved beyond things to do with just the revenue split. But on the technical side, um, you know, every year it seems like at WWDC there's a whole new set of things that Apple is investing engineering time into to make it better. Be- and I'm sure that is coming from experiences that developers are having when they actually, you know, if Apple gives us something, if we start using it, we find the issues, they are gradually responsive to that. And it would be lovely if it were, they were instantaneously responsive, uh, but that's not realistic. I don't think that's something that I would ever really expect or um, put hope into because, and the reality is it's probably wise for them to, you know, steer this, it's like the app store is kind of a big ship and steering it with, you know, a, a sort of a slow rudder at the end, at the back, making small course adjustments, seeing how they turn out, make a small course adjustment to see how it turns out um, is honestly probably what I would prefer that making large sweeping changes abruptly, you know, sounds kind of terrifying in some ways. And I'm not saying this is what these, anyone's specifically advocating for, but by and large, Apple's approach of these, this gradual improvement. As long as I am find myself in a place where I feel like every year the App Store gets slightly better, that it's you know it's 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 gradually improving, then I'm happy. I like that stability that that provides, and I like the feeling that maybe it's easier in some ways for you know at an individual level both personally with like people you might know with who work within apple or going to WWDC and you know i go to the itunes connect lab and i talk to the people who work on the itunes connect team not because i sp- think that that specifically is going like things i'm saying there are are, are specifically making change but it's planting seeds in people's mind that um, you know, he, they have a counterexample in their head when they are at, are at the meeting, when they're discussing this thing, I talk to them about something that I find, you know, frustrating. Maybe when that comes up in a meeting in th- in six months, they have, you know, that counterexample in their head, like that, that kind of personal connection and that kind of personal, um, inter- intervention, I think is the kind of thing that we do have power in. And that's the power that I think we can best use as independence. is, you know, embrace our uniqueness embrace our individuality and use that as best we can because i think that is far more powerful and far more likely to succeed um than trying to build a cooperative um that would have a single a singular vision or a singular goal um you know it it, it we lose what we are in some ways by doing that as noble and as um as good meaning as that you know sort of the initial thought uh, maybe
0: yeah and you know when the system is something that you can't change find a way to work within it you know if if you if you think you need trials and after 10 years we don't have trials figure out something else like because other because you don't have that much choice in the matter like that's that's your choice right like it, you can either figure out something else or you can not be in the app store which on ios means not existing you know so it it's it's, it's important to be pragmatic with those kind of decisions. You know, you fought the good fight for a while, but recognize when you've lost the fight and embrace what we have. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye.